أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله by Allah's father we've reached this mubarak fourth night of Ramadan uh, one tenth of the month is over which is kind of scary if you think about it. Uh, so whoever uh, wishes to do some good, uh, there's still time to get your act together. The first 10 is mercy, is rahmah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It would be a shame if uh, we missed it uh, because so much uh, of the world is in need of so much mercy. So much of the world has become bitter despite its riches and its uh, uh, pleasures and its enjoyments. May Allah ta'ala put barakah in them for you, even if a... Uh, uh, even if a, a, a fundamental and fanatical Moldvi like myself uh, were to try to scare you away from uh, enjoying uh, all of the wonderful bounties Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made for his slaves, uh, don't worry about it. Go ahead and enjoy them uh, anyway, as long as they're not haram. Say bismillah before you do and alhamdulillah when you're done. Uh, but we are in need of so much mercy and uh, this is the time to ask. And look, it's the fourth night of Ramadan. Uh, these nights uh, are just few uh, in the year. Each one of them has its own flavor. Each one of them has its own uh, color. Each one of them has its own beauty. And uh, the beauty of the night before, you're not going to get tonight. And the beauty of tonight, you're not going to get from tomorrow. Allah Ta'ala has certain people that He will manumit their necks from the slavery of the hellfire. And that's a different list of people every night. May Allah Ta'ala make us on the list of the people for tonight and for all of the rest of the nights of Ramadan. Uh, say Ameen, Ameen. Uh, so, mashallah, uh, just again enjoying so much the benefit of being able to congregate and pray Salatul Taraweeh, that benefit and that uh, mercy from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, so many of us were deprived of. Uh, last year, whether for justified or unjustified reasons. Uh, we're not going to get into that right now. But alhamdulillah, uh, there's so much beauty in it and so much khair in it for people like myself who are not hafad of the Qur'an. Um, those ayat of the Qur'an that, that uh, you know we don't hear uh, all the time and we don't recite and carry with us all the time uh, because of our own shortcomings in the right of the Qur'an or for whatever other reason, um, how beautiful their words are and how fine uh, the words of the Qur'an are. And uh, for those who don't know Arabic, my sincere advice is that you learn it so that you can benefit from those words as well. Those words that even Abu Jahl and Al-Mughirat ibn Shu'bah, the greatest enemies of the Prophet wasallam, found themselves time and time again just having to stop and marvel at the beauty, admire the beauty of those words. That even from amongst the Malahida, uh, the atheists and godless materialists of the Arabs, when they would hear the words, it would give them pause and they would uh, marvel at its beauty uh, uh, like a person who is uh, dying of thirst and can bring the water just uh, close to their lips and feel its coolness, but uh, because of a divine curse on them, uh, they cannot drink. And uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever sin a person does to invoke that curse on themselves, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala protect us from that and forgive us for that sin if we've done it and keep us keep us the heck away from it uh, for all the rest of the days of our lives. Ameen. So uh, the end of last 
uh, night's majlis uh, was somewhat a, what of a cliffhanger, but because I'm not uh, trained in the uh, entertaining arts, I wasn't able to, uh, wasn't able to, or didn't remember to uh, uh, get the maximum mileage out of that. Which is what is that? Uh, we ended with Moana Ashraf Ali Tanwi rahimahullah ta'ala Hakimul Ummah talking about his analysis of his uh, actions in the day and night and his uh, kind of sorting through. Uh, those actions to see how much of it is in accordance to the sunnah and how much of it isn't. And uh, how when conveying the story of this exercise of uh, Hazrat Tanwi rahimahullah ta'ala, uh, Shaykh Dr. Abdul Hayy al-Arifi rahimahullah ta'ala, Mufti Taqi and Mufti Rafi Shaykh, may Allah ta'ala uh, have mercy on them and fill their qubur uh, with light and give them a high daraja. Uh, for sp- spreading this uh, uh, Mubarak message of, uh, of love to uh, the people and to the masses and to the nations. Um, he continued after uh, talking about that incident, and he said that after this detailed observation, Hakim al-Ummah rahimahullah ta'ala delivered a lecture entitled Al-Ghalib lit-Talib, in which he uh, highlighted those actions and deeds which the Messenger of Allah وسلم, has commanded us to obey and follow, or those actions which his love and reverence demand us to fulfill. In this lecture, Hakimul Ummah Hazrat Tanwi rahimullah ta'ala stressed the importance of the reading of the eighth section from his book, Hayatul Muslimin, which revolves around the beautiful example of the Messenger. He also said, Rahimahullah, I am absolutely certain that reading this will be very beneficial, inshallah. The uh, wonderful thing about this book that uh, Sheikh Tamim uh, uh, compiled is what is that he doesn't leave us hanging. And indeed, the next section of the book is the eighth uh, facile from uh, 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 the book Hayatul Muslimin, uh, the the chapter that was pointed to by Hazrat Tanwi rahimahullah ta'ala, and that was mentioned by Doctor Abdul Hay rahimahullah. In the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the previous lecture that was uh, uh, transcribed and uh, delivered uh, in this book, uh, at least in part. So we start tonight's uh, majlis with that. MashaAllah, how mubarak for you. How mubarak for me that other people spend their Ramadan nights watching tele-novels and dramas and all this other stuff. Other people spend their nights uh, um, in Ramadan uh, making samosas and pakoras or eating them, stuffing their faces with them, with uh, iftar parties and suhoor parties and whatever. And other people, they spend their nights in solitude. Uh, but what's better than bad company is solitude and what's better than solitude is good company. Uh, a person's suhbah is what makes them what a mubarak mashallah majlis that we have that we get to ch- spend this majlis with uh, Hazrat uh, Tanwi and uh, Dr. Abdul Hay and all of these mashallah wonderful people more than any of them uh, no matter how great their maqam is we get to spend this night in the remembrance of love and the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam undoubtedly anyone who is listening even the sinner amongst us uh, would give anything that we had and everything that we had just to see one glimpse of his uh, Mubarak and Anwar and most radiant uh, uh, countenance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us his suhbah uh, in this world through his hadith and through the company of his uh, uh, heirs and through 
the practice of his sunnah, uh, his Mubarak sunnah, and through uh, feeling the states of pain and suffering in his heart that he felt, even if it's just a sliver of it, and feeling the states of joy and happiness that he felt for the things that he felt them for. May Allah Ta'ala give, him his, give us his suhbah by visiting um, the Mubarak uh, uh, earth of Medina Munawwara, and may Allah Ta'ala give us uh, his suhbah on the Day of Judgment in the Hawdh, and at the Sirat, and at the gates of paradise, and uh, in the hereafter, thereafter, forever and ever, in a maqam, in Jannah, uh, uh, in his love and in his rida, his good pleasure, say Amin. So the eighth uh, facile begins. It is essential to inculcate in our hearts the reverence and respect for the lofty character and habits of the Messenger of Allah. It is essential that the morals of the Messenger of Allah become established in our hearts so that love for him becomes dominant in the heart and eagerness to follow his blessed character is induced in the believer. Some ayat and hadith will be mentioned in this regard. Allah Most High says, Verily you, O Muhammad, are on a lofty character. Allah Most High also says, Indeed, this conduct offends the Prophet ﷺ, but he does not make this known. He takes you into consideration by his silence. However, Allah does not refrain from disclosing the truth. Uh, this is a reference to a particular incident. Some companions, uh, uh, anhum, when invited to the Prophet ﷺ's house, would stay longer than what was proper. But the Messenger of Allah ﷺ would be hesitant to retire for the night or to tell his guests to disperse and return to their homes. They would therefore continue in conversation, not knowing that this was inconveniencing the Prophet ﷺ. Despite this inconvenience, he ﷺ refrained from asking them to leave, not wishing to hurt their feelings. The silence of the Prophet ﷺ was in regard to his personal matters and not such affairs that came within the purview of conveying the commandments of Allah. Uh, so this is this is a really uh, beautiful uh, incident. There's a Athar of the Prophet ﷺ narrated by Malik in his Muwatta, uh, which is a great principle of deen, which is that the Messenger of Allah ﷺ says that I don't forget things, rather I'm caused to forget by Allah Ta'ala in order to, uh, in order to uh, uh, show what the sunnah is. And so the Prophet ﷺ, even in his personal affairs, even in his personal affairs, he was indulgent to people. Uh, he, uh, he was considerate of their feelings before his own feelings, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And it's part of his beauty. You know, who, who, who amongst us wouldn't want someone to care for them that much? And if we all cared for each other, even a fraction of that much, the world would be a better place. Um, and you, know, you just imagine, you know, people, especially people who take Islam for granted, we think like this is just automatic. It's something that like we expect that people will have good character for us. Just, I don't know, because they like, you know, like because our grandfather uh, owned like a shop of good character or whatever. So we should get a discount. Those people who live amongst people who have bad character and those people who live a life where they don't expect a good character from others. They're the ones who know how difficult this is, how easy it is to get away without it and how completely devoid of joy and beauty life is without it. And they're the ones who appreciate good character the most. And only a person who has been let down and had their heart broken a million times. Uh, knows what, in fact, it means 
uh, for somebody to show in this indulgent character. And most of us are so selfish, we uh, don't serve others. We hear hadith about good character and we say, yeah, everybody else should have good character. Whereas we ourselves, when it's our time to show indulgent character to other people, it's just like the nafs. It's just like the nafs. You know, like I see here children saying stuff like this. You know, like a child will say something bad about another child and then, uh, you know, I said, well, you know, you do the same thing yourself. So, no, I don't do that. I'm just I'm just being me. Uh, why? Because the, the nafs always thinks it's a special snowflake. The nafs that thinks it's special is completely run of the mill. It's completely ordinary. The nafs that thinks that it's not special, that nafs is special. Uh, and uh, uh, it's only when you exert yourself in the service of everybody that you realize how much it takes to face yourself uh, and, 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 and to stretch yourself and, and to, to, to be patient in order to not break other people's hearts. Uh, most people only do this for those people that they want something from or that they need something from. So if they fall in love with a beautiful person, they'll uh, you know, efface their nafs in order to get that person to love them. Or if they want a job or if they're getting paid or if they're in a position of power or whatever, they'll suck up to people in authority and step on their own nafs in order to get a place with them. Look at the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He has the... Maqam Mahmud was Shafa'atul Uzma. Allah Ta'ala already gave him the highest station from amongst the creation. And what is he doing? He's sucking it up, not even for the great fuqaha of the Sahaba, Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhum. They already know the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's disposition and were already keen not to, not to bother him in the least. Not to, especially Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala who used to observe the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa very keenly. And if anything even slightly bothered him, he would just back away right away uh, because of how, um, how sensitive they were to the, the, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's uh, comfort and his, uh, uh, you know, his being in, 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 a, in, in, a, in a good state free from any harm because they knew his job was already difficult enough. This is the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa not showing sensitivity to those people who were the most helpful to him sallallahu alayhi wa This is him sallallahu alayhi wa showing sensitivity to those people who he's not going to ever get anything out of or that don't really, you know, a person who is Machiavellian or conniving would say don't really amount to much. But he knew that because they have la ilaha illallah, because Allah chose them for his companionship, that they are great and they have a lot of value with Allah. And so the question is, well, why didn't he just kick them out in the first place? The reason is what? Allah Ta'ala wanted to show the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's beautiful character that he is the one who would sacrifice himself in order, to, uh, in order to keep people happy and to make people happy and to bring joy to people's hearts and to keep grief and pain and suffering away from people's hearts even if it's the slightest and most reasonable amount. That being said, Allah Ta'ala wanted to expose this beauty of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam which he would have kept hidden from the people out of his humility he wanted to expose that look he's beautiful like that don't abuse him don't push him just because he'll indulge you for that doesn't mean that you need to uh, uh, keep taking advantage of it until you completely like run him into the ground rather this is who he is he's a beautiful person and i love him and be careful how you deal with him be careful how you treat him be careful how you talk about him be careful how you act with him how you behave in his presence how you uh, uh, carry yourself with regards to him in his presence and in his absence. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from ever 
doing anything to cause disturbance to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, who loved us so much and who indulged us so much and who prayed for us more than we even prayed for ourselves. And even though we forgot to say our Salat and Salam on him, he never forgot to make dua for us in any point of his life. Allah Ta'ala give us uh, a tawfiq of being very careful of how we, uh, how we uh, you know, keep our adab with him. And likewise, all of those afterward who, keep, who have this color of the Prophet وسلم, in which they're dyed that causes them to think and worry for the Ummah when we don't even care and worry for ourselves, we don't even take care of ourselves properly, uh, that we don't do anything to harm those people. Allah Ta'ala does not like that those people who have this beautiful character inside them that they should be harmed or they should, they should be abused. Rather, the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, Qudsi is not only about him وسلم, but at every, uh, about everyone who has the wilaya of Allah, everyone who has the friendship of Allah Ta'ala. Man ada li waliyan. Whoever, whoever shows aggression or enmity or antagonism toward a friend of mine, that I declare war on him. This is not a, this is not like a light wording that Allah Ta'ala protect us from ever doing something that makes us from amongst those who uh, Allah Ta'ala declares war on. And this is for en- all of the awliya and none of the awliya, uh, all of the awliya put together uh, are not uh, equal uh, to even a fraction of the least of the prophets, salam, and all of the prophets put together are not equal to the Messenger of Allah. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And if anyone has any doubt about that Show me how many people uh, uh, from, the, uh, from the people who follow the Torah uh, Are keeping the Tawheed of Allah Ta'ala And how many of them have completely thrown the Torah behind their backs Show me from amongst the people who say they follow Sayyidina Isa Alayhi Salatu Wasallam As the uh, fountain of their deen How many of them are worshipping Allah alone and without any partner And keeping the sacred law of the Torah And how many of them have thrown it all behind their backs Show me who Allah his tawfiq was given to from anyone who claims nubuwa from before him and after or after him that's forget about the, equal to the 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 tawfiq of this ummah even a fraction of it and i'll say maybe there's something there there's really nothing there there's really nothing there allah ta'ala closed all of the the, the doors to the point where even sayyidina musa alayhi salam when shown the uh, the the amount of tawfiq that allah ta'ala granted this ummah that he asked to be part of this ummah and allah ta'ala said no you'll have your own great ummah and Allah Ta'ala accepted the, the dua of Sayyidina Isa that he should also be part of this ummah when he comes back before the end of time. This is sufficient as a, a sign of the greatness of this Prophet Wasallam without slighting any of the others that we love and respect all of them and revere all of them with all of our hearts uh, because they come from the same Allah Ta'ala. Uh, Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates, I served the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa for 10 years, yet never did he speak a word of rebuke to me. He never said to me, why did you do this and why did you not do that? The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa was the kindest in disposition. Once the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa asked me to do something, but I refused. While in my heart, I intended to go where he had ordered. It's just like a kid, you know, you're just being a kid. Um, I then went on the errand and I passed some children playing in the marketplace and joined them to play. All of this, which is also a very normal thing uh, that happens to children. All of a sudden, the messenger of Allah وسلم, arrived. He smiled and took hold of me and said, are you going? He said, yes, I'm going just now. Meaning what? His beauty and his uh, uh, softness and his love was so much that even the kid who wanted to... Um, disobey or who was showing uh, a, a little bit of uh, um, aloofness 
and who even forgot as soon as he saw the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the love was too much. He said, "I can't, I can't like make mukhalafa. I can't go against him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam." And he acquiesced. Why? Because there's no power that overwhelms a person more than love. You can bring swords and shields and come with fear and you know make people afraid of you and force them uh, at the point of a gun or at the uh, you know pain of death or loss or deprivation or poverty or whatever, and people will obey you as long as that threat and coercion is above their heads. As soon as it's gone, you'll be the most despised of people. Go ask the people in Algeria how much they love the French. Go ask the, uh, you know, the, the people whose relatives were gunned down in the Jallianwala Bagh. They're not even Muslims. If they're Muslims, you, know, you can accuse them of being fanatics or whatever, according to the um, modern Kufric sensibility. Even the Hindus and the Sikhs, they're people who celebrate uh, uh, curses on uh, the memories of the people who did those things. Why? Because they ruled uh, through uh, despotic means and through cruelty and through uh, uh, inhuman uh, uh, in, through inhuman means. Whereas the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, look, the companions in Banu Umayyah and Banu Abbas, their mulk has expired long ago. And the Khilafah, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasten its return in its general and in its specific meanings. It's been gone for, for so long from so many, uh, in so many ways. But look, the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam still, the, you know, Masjid Dar salam where I prayed uh, Taraweeh still fills up in Lombard, Illinois, where there's no threat of coercion. Why? Just because of the beauty and because of the love and the mercy that was conveyed through the generations through the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam by him delivering the kalam of Allah Ta'ala and delivering his Mubarak Sunnah to the people, that people, even seemingly irreligious people, will uh, stand and pray, you know, for two hours their Taraweeh. Uh, even though, though they may not even make it to the masjid, but once or twice a week in any other part of the uh, of the year, why? Because love is a power and a force that overwhelms, and that there's really nothing that can stand in its way. So much so to the point where even the Quraysh, uh, who tried for 20 uh, years to completely, completely destroy the Prophet ﷺ and his companions, kill them and bleed them into the ground, billah, the most dastardly and the most evil of, uh, of intentions. That even those people, when the Rasul ﷺ with his uh, army of, uh, of, of awliya, uh, of the uh, of the, the the vanguard of the uh, people of sainthood with the companions anhum, when they walked into the kaaba and they gave amnesty to the people and said bilal anhu ascended to the, the roof of the kaaba and made the adhan and even then they were up to their racist uh, no good uh, and they called him billah they called him uh, the black uh, what is this black crow doing while he was calling out the adhan even then even then the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam people were most deserving of the most cruel punishment uh, that if they did if the Rasul Sallallahu and the companions did to the mushrikeen what the mushrikeen tried to do to them even a kafir mulhid even a disbeliever and an atheist would say it's justice as for the people of Iman they would say that it's beyond justice why because when they fought with each other the Rasul Sallallahu and his companions were fighting for the haq whereas the Mushrikeen were fighting for batil, so it's still not equal. It's not anywhere close to equal. Even then, even though those people were most deserving of punishment, the moment in which they were most deserving of punishment, the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa forgive them, all of them made tawbah and entered into Islam. And they fought the enemies of la ilaha illallah, and they uh, brought the Romans and Persians, the Egyptians under heel. 
and they uh, unseated their uh, imperial hegemony and brought justice to the nations of the earth and connected the east and the west with la ilaha illallah in a way that all of humanity benefited from and benefits from uh, 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 to this day. Uh, and that's a conquest and a victory that couldn't have been done through arms and force. If the Prophet ﷺ took vengeance from his enemies, um, that victory would have been very short-lasted. It would have had a very short shelf, shelf life. Uh, maybe like, a, like a, a bottle of milk will expire after a week and uh, cheese will expire after several weeks. Maybe if you have like crackers or something like that, it'll expire after two years. Maybe if you have some canned goods, it'll expire after, uh, you know, after 10 years, 20 years, something like that. But the victory of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, because it was won with love, it never expired. It was the same thing that made Sayyidina Anas bin Malik who even after saying, I'm not gonna go, and even after playing with his uh, friends, that when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam just smiled at him. Can you imagine that? He, he didn't yell at him, he didn't hit nothing. He just smiled at them at him uh, and uh, uh, it compelled him you know like a wrestling move you get someone in a chokehold or something it completely compelled him he had to tap out uh, uh, in the world of, uh, of meaning and just uh, run along and, and, and go do what he said and that's beautiful and that's not something that you know that's not something all of us can do you know if I smile at my kids they're not going to listen because they know that I'm you know I'm a hater uh, uh, you know in so many things um, but it's that lifelong of sacrifice of love of preferring others over oneself, of being hungry when other people eat, of letting other people get their way when nobody even asks uh, of one. It's this lifelong self-effacement that uh, gives a person like a kind of moral credit in their account so that when they do purchase, they have a, you know, they have a great amount of power that they say something and people will, people will listen. Uh, uh, people who have any good inside of them will listen. Uh, and uh, as for the wretched, uh, they're people who are impervious to beauty and they're impervious to love. Their hearts are, uh, as the Quran describes, dead. Allah Ta'ala protect us from ever being uh, like such people or ever having uh, such people be musallat or have uh, uh, power over us. Uh, uh, Ameen. Sayyidina Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu uh, narrates that I was walking with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he had on him a thick Najrani uh, shawl, uh, Najrani cloak uh, uh, with ghalidh uh, al-hashiyah that had uh, uh, a very thick border on it. Along the way, the, a Bedouin came and grabbed a hold of, the sh hold of the shawl and pulled it with such force that the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was physically pulled toward the Bedouin. Uh, um, in the in a narration, it said that the that he pulled him so hard that 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 thick shawl actually like uh, rubbed against his mubarak skin, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and left a mark. And what was it for? It was so that the Bedouin could say, "Oh Muhammad, give me from the wealth uh, of Allah which He gave you." Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And he imagined that he pulled him with such force in such a batamiz way and such a you know, uh, a way that shows complete ill manner, uh, ill manners and shows uh, such a lack of respect. And what was it for? To ask for money. Usually, if you are going to ask someone for money, you would ask nicely. But this uh, Bedouin was so clueless that he uh, pulled the Prophet ﷺ like that and like literally pulled him off of his balance وسلم, in order to ask him for money. As soon as the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam regained his, uh, uh, his balance and, uh, uh, you know, was uh, composed again physically after being pulled like that, um, he smiled at him and ordered uh, that he be given from whatever money of sadaqah uh, is available for him to be given.
Allah Ta'ala protect us from ever being like this with somebody uh, from the awliya. Um, but, uh, you know, this is the system of Allah's fadl, is that the people who are the best, um, they're the ones who it's the most egregious when people are bad to them, but they're the ones that even the one who's bad to them, uh, they always leave them with good. Uh, you know, whoever crosses paths with them cannot say that they haven't been bettered as a person. Uh, uh, except for uh, because of having crossed paths with them. Uh, this is the type of character which allowed the uh, La ilaha illallah to enter into all of the great civilizations of the world. Um, and if it wasn't uh, for this, uh, the Chinese and the Indians and the, uh, you know, the Southeast Asia and the Romans and the Persians and the, uh, the Amazigh and the uh, Habash, uh, uh, they, would not have, they would not have cared what... Uh, uh, the Arab Prophet had to say Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam nor his companions but when they were shown akhlaq uh, that mimic these um, they had no choice except for to uh, capitulate in front of them good lord if someone showed me that that beautiful of an akhlaq what would I do except for uh, except for to love them Sayyidina Jabir radiallahu anhu narrated that the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam uh, never refused to give anything he was asked for. If he had it, he would give it, and if he did not have it, he would apologize and make a promise to give another time. Sayyidina Anas radiallahu anhu narrates that once a man asked the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam for some goats that belonged to him. The goats were grazing in a valley. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam presented all the goats to the person who had asked for them. When the man returned to his people, he says, O oh my people, become Muslim. Because indeed, by Allah, Muhammad gives in abundance. Uh, Muhammad gives in abundance. Uh, it was something that, that moved him. Uh, Jubair bin Mut'im, uh, radiallahu anhu, said that once he was walking uh, with the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, on the occasion of his return from Hunain, from the Battle of Hunain, which is a very difficult day. Uh, it was a very difficult battle and a very uh, difficult day in which the Muslims were uh, nearly uh, defeated if it wasn't for the bravery of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and his uh, core uh, people who are around him, the vanguard of the army, which was mostly uh, his family and mostly the Ansar عنهم, and his close companions from the Muhajireen. A group of Bedouins surrounded the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa asking for money. It was a great victory. There were great spoils from that battle. Uh, so the group surrounded the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and were asking for, for, for some of the wealth from the spoils of that, that battle. They grabbed everything the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa had until uh, they had finally even snatched the shawl from his body. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said, at least return my shawl. If I had camels as numerous as the trees, I would have distributed them amongst you and you would not have found me miserly. Meaning the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa he said, just, you know, this is the clothing on my body, give it back and trust that I'm not holding anything back from you. And really he didn't hold anything back. This is one of the things, you know, Sheikh Samir, he pointed this out actually, that if you read the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa if people had given sadaqah uh, uh, and it was still in the masjid, he would try to go out and distribute it. Uh, that very day and if he was unable to distribute it by night he would not sleep in his own home rather he would make make itikaf in the uh, masjid uh, and then in the daytime when he could go out and find people he would not rest until that that that, that money was distributed 
So think about that, uh, you know, versus all of us trying to pad ourselves and fill our bank accounts with stuff. And it's, it's fine. You know, you need to do it a little bit in order to operate and get by. It's fine. But the limit where your needs are sufficed and you crossed, you know, the limit between that and where, where you've crossed into just, uh, you know, that you've been uh, uh, distracted by, uh, uh, by just gathering stuff. Um, you know, that, that line is a very fine line and many people cross it and they feel that they've crossed it, but they want to lie to themselves about it because somehow or another zeros in a bank account make them feel good about themselves, even though you don't eat them, you don't drink them, you know, you don't live in them, you don't ride them. Uh, uh, you know, they're not going to intercede for you on the day of judgment, nor are they going to really intercede for you uh, in any meaningful way in this world. Um, but it's just that kind of irrational love of wealth. Um, that that's entered into the heart of uh, of people. That the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam was completely buddy. He had no um, even dust of this on, on his Mubarak character, impeccable character, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That he gave everything that he had. He really didn't hold anything back for others. Uh, and if we're not able to be like that in full, at least we should try to be like that in part. Um, uh, and we should at least love the one who is like that and know that, that that's the one who's worthy of being followed uh, rather than, uh, uh, you know, uh, those types of uh, ferrets and uh, squirrels who are trying to uh, steal everybody else's acorns and put them in, uh, uh, in a cave uh, that they can never eat themselves nor can anyone else eat so that all of the forest starves to death. Uh, while they, uh, you know, have their idol of their uh, of their stash, uh, you know, giving them some sort of peace and calm in this world, and all of it will collapse on their heads on the day of judgment. Allah Taala protect us. Allah Taala give us beauty in our hearts and the love of beauty in our hearts, not of the outward beauty of makeup and of uh, you know weird Instagram videos or whatever. That beauty is ephemeral and temporary. And mashallah, all of you are beautiful. Allah Ta'ala keep you beautiful. Say mashallah, mashallah. You're all beautiful out outwardly. Allah Ta'ala give us the inward beauty that never perishes and the one that will last in glory forever and ever uh, with the Lord uh, under the shade of His mercy, under the shade of His grace, under the shade of His, uh, his, his rida and His, his pleasure. Allah Ta'ala give us all so much tawfiq sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu